there should be no, like you get no pay. You get all your legislative pay at the end of the session. Yeah, when, when your it, work is done. When it's done. Uh-huh, do and the work. And then if you go over time, you get a deduction. Just like if you turned in your paper late. You'd get a deduction. Oh, sorry, yeah. you can only earn a B. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a, oh, oh, it's two weeks late? C. Mm. Mm-hmm. You run yes. it all the way up to the clock in July? F. You failed. That's not you doing your job. That's my Minnesota nice. <laughs> Welcome, everyone. This is Mike and Tammy back for another round of Flyover Logic. I'm Mike, a former teacher turned business owner, lifelong conservative, and a bit of a political hot dish. And I'm Tammy, a sociology instructor whose studies and life experience has firmly planted me in the liberal camp. Each episode, we'll give you a brief take on what's got us thinking, what the heck? We'll take a deeper dive into one big topic, and we'll end with sharing something happy, leaving you all with some Minnesota nice. Sometimes you need a bird's eye view to make sense of the world, and sometimes you need to land the plane and take a look around. We hope to do both and help each other learn something along the way. Yes, we're As recording. Like, give it, give it to your mother. <laughs> I love the red hot chili peppers, away, though. Away, away. I don't know what that means. What you got, you got to give it to your mother. What does that mean? I think it's love. Okay. That seems good. Sure. So Cookies. That is a trick. I don't know if it's a trick. It's a thing I do <laughs> in my head to... Lots of songs, lots okay. of music. Um, this maybe sounds just going to sound really bad and corny. Um, basically, if you take any almost any song, there are some that are not redeemable. Sure, uh, but almost any song, and if you imagine that it's singing about like your spouse Aww. or like your mom, then okay. it's fine. Then it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. So like that, he's giving away love to his mom. Like that's <laughs> I like this yes. is a good song. That's that's what it's about. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's not about all those things, you know. All those other things. <laughs> yes. Probably the thong song is not. <laughs> that's one of the non-redeemables. It's about flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, my parents called them thongs. I know. Instead of this flip-flops. better not make Steve. This better not make it. Why? <laughs> it's, it's, it's stupid also, catchy. Also, stupid catchy. Nobody wants to see that. No. Nobody wants to see the little whale tail sticking out above your pants. Nobody. Delete. <laughs> no, we're totally leaving that. Delete. Well, I mean, that's a truth bomb, right? That's a truth bomb right there. I'm just saying. Apparently, mm-hmm. there are some people out there that want that, I guess. No. Don't yuck on their yum. Mm, no. Nope. I'm not wow. here for that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Uh, we're going to do it. Are we going to do it? Gonna be a long. It's gonna be a long show or a really short one. There you go. Okay, you gonna start that? Which part? Where? What I was supposed to be like? Hey, listeners. <laughs> hey, listeners. That's why. That's why. Hey, we should do that. Yeah. Hey. No, I don't know. We'll just you just start talking. I'll start talking. What do I do? I break, <laughs> do I break in? No. Yep. Yep. Hey, listeners. We're just taking a little time out to say, one, thank you so much for listening, and two... If you listen, shout out. 
Follow us on the Facebook. Find us on the Twitter. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Go give us a review. It is uh, it is actually very important. Most of the people who find our podcast, because we are one of many, mm-hmm. um, have found out because somebody told them about it. Yes. So and we are so thankful. Pl- yeah. So please tell uh, all your friends. Share your favorite episodes. And also, feel free to reach out to us, too. If you have any uh, topic ideas or questions, we love to hear those. And that's actually one of the most fun parts about this whole thing is interacting with our listeners. Yeah. Except for when they swear. What? what? Okay, you're going to fix that. What the hell are you talking about? The, the message that we got was like, why the F am I listening? No, that was a different one. That was a Facebook thing. Yeah. Steve, you have to fix that. You have to fix that. You made it look, you made it look like that. I remember that because he's like, you fucking, you made it look like it was a real thing and I couldn't click on it. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't about. know what you're talking about. We shared a link. Stop swearing stop, at us. Stop. Fix that, Steve. <clears throat> do we need to do another one just in case? No, I think that's great. That was great. Fix it, Steve. Okay. Yep. Should we do a fake end? Yeah. What should we do that for? Hey, everyone. Hey. Welcome to Flyover Logic. We're so glad you're here. Today, we want to talk to you about dandelions. Dandelions are nature's best friend and honeybee's greatest enemy. Ooh. <laughs> no, really? No. No, Here's the it's deal. Not. If you have dandelions in your yard, you should be digging them out. <laughs> all the <laughs> prairie people are going to be all over us now. They're like, we are oh. offering a service. We have several children, seven, seven children. We have no children who we are, are <laughs> willing to dig dandelions out of the ground. I've tried that. They don't do it. We're trying to make an no. ad here, Mike. I'm sorry. All right. Anyway. <laughs> all right, Tammy. It's a little giggly already. Get it on there. Get it out. Wow. Get it out. Wow. Wow. It's a day. Um, okay. So we didn't talk. We did not talk about this, but I'm inserting this in there. Please uh, do. So it has been about a week since last week. <laughs> Whoa. Yes. This is the kind of day we've this had. This is the day that the Lord hath made. Yes. And we uh-huh. will forget what that means. Okay. What? No. Forget what a week means. Oh. Okay. Not like, we're going to forget the Lord. <laughs> Oh. Thanks for the day. It was weird. It was weird. Would not recommend. <laughs> no. Okay, it's so, been a week. Anyway, it's been a week since we had our two guests, uh, John and Christine. Christine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. Thanks yes. for thanks for throwing that in there before yes. I put your name again. Um, come and talk to us about the Saga Youth uh, organization in Fergus Falls, Minnesota, and their Pride events and all the things that wrapped around that. Yes. And that was uh, very. That was fun. Yeah. Um, it was a little. So I just want to like, I think we should have a couple of minutes of, here's our thoughts about that. Sure. Uh, unless you don't have any thoughts that, about that. Uh, sure. Go for it. No. I Let's just, do it. There were lots of things. Um, obviously, I would like to have more conversations like that because that was very informative for me. Yes. Um, and it certainly was like, it was one of the episodes that we got the most feedback about. Yes. And mo- a, it all was good. But it also spanned the spectrum. So I thought that was really interesting. I had several oh. people. Yes, I had several people reach out to me that would probably fit into that C category that sure. John was talking about yeah. that I sort of threw myself into. Yep. Um, and they were very appreciative. They're like, well, I'm trying to figure out how to do this as well. And like, it's it's great to hear people's stories and like stuff like that. It was yeah. really, it was really great. Well, that's great. Yeah. Did you, you, did you not get, nobody reaches out to Tammy. Um, you know, yeah, nobody, nobody yelled at me. Nobody yelled. Uh, I think 
I've just heard like, I think just via our social media, yeah. like the positive things. I didn't have anyone really like personally reach out and say, this was fabulous, which is fine. <laughs> like you're looking sure. at me like, should we cry about this? Are we sad? No. Um, no, but I, I agree with you. I think it was really great. It was good for me to hear some stories and just, it's always good. I think to listen to other perspectives and see what you can learn from that. Yeah. I thought it was great. And it's the, at least for me. And I think for a lot of people, especially if you again, live in like a rural setting, maybe you don't have as much exposure is like, is that, is that connection and exposure Mm -hmm. to like, so you still might not agree with whatever this person is saying, but to know somebody who has a story Mm -hmm that's in front of you is totally different than just sort of reading about it or seeing it on the news and, you know, whatever it is. And that goes for political divides, Mm -hmm. racial issues, religious issues, like anything like that. Like if you can get yourself in front of somebody from quote, the other side or, you know, from a different perspective, Mm -hmm. um, that is really good. So, yeah. So, hey, if you're one of those people, like, and you have another perspective on something, we would love to talk to you. Love to talk to you. (laughs) If you think we are totally stupid <laughs> about any topic, we would like to hear from you. <laughs> okay, maybe not quite if you think are stupid, but like Yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to recognize that it was a good show. We definitely um I would look forward to doing more shows specifically on um LGBTQ stuff. Is that the right way to say it? Stuff. Sure. Issues, yeah. Um Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And um, from what I've heard and what I've seen, their weekend was a smashing success. They had several events over the weekend um, for Pride events here in town. And it was a big hit. And um, so I just I really appreciated that. I did not see anything negative out there about it. So that's great. Sweet. Yeah. Well, your Internet is different. No, I'm just kidding. For sure. For sure. Very well is. All right. Anyway, so there's a little tidbit. So thanks for coming out, guys, again. um, and Go uh, listen to that one if you haven't yet. If you haven't Mm -hmm. listened to it, go back and listen to it. It is relatively long, long, yeah. um, but I think that that was important to how the – because, like, and that was one of the things that I – one of the things that was important for me and then also other listeners, so if you didn't necessarily catch this, like, there was a few times – where there was some tension because, uh, right? Was there? Yes, there was. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, let's <laughs> yeah, there put, definitely was. It wasn't, <laughs> but like, it came at if you look at the counter, yeah, an hour into the conversation, mm-hmm. and so like there, like just to like model, like there was a lot of listening that went up to the yes. front end of it, yep. and I think it it worked, and we all you know sort of agreed to disagree, but I mean, it wasn't it, whatever. I'm probably making more of a thing of it. No, but sure. Like the F, the you need to put the time into listening. Yes. And listening for listening's sake, because you want to know and not because you want to rebut. Right. And if if that would have been the beginning of the conversation, right. the I conversation would have ended. That, the conversation would have been, exactly. been done. Yeah. Um. So I totally agree. Like the fact that that was in you know the second half of the conversation that we had, there was already some sort of relationship and trust established right. with how we were modeling conversation before that. So I think that's so important for us to remember is you can't come out with your guns blazing, right? Right away. And or ever. Or ever. There like you go. and and really I think that while it was a tense moment and there was definitely, you know, tension on, you know, on both sides of that. Yep. Um, 
both of you were able to like end that respectfully. Like it wasn't like, let's get angry. It was like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's, you know, and it was, it was great. It was a, it was a great example of how to do that well. Yeah. I don't know if I, I can't remember if I said it in that conversation, but like in subsequent conversations with people who have talked to me about the show, Mm -hmm. like one of the things I also, especially if you're coming from a, uh, a religious perspective where like, like I was trying to get across, like I don't see compatibility with this kind of thing Sure. that when you're talking to someone, even if you are wanting to, you know, like to love them or like, you know, you're, you're talking to somebody who has a different belief, uh, than you from a loving perspective to also recognize that there is no way for you to, um, try to get across your perspective that won't be personally hurtful. Yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you shouldn't share it, but to know that that is going to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. So like, even if you come at yeah. uh, any situation or any subject with the best of intentions, or like you really are trying to, to just know that you're, you probably will get some pushback. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. And I think that goes back to what you said a few minutes ago is that it's so important to actually talk to people who have these stories because right. when you're just thinking of an abstract idea, it's really easy for you to formulate, you know, here's my argument and here's what I believe. And this is, right. you know, whatever. And then when you actually sit down and have a conversation with someone who has a story, mm-hmm. like I'm personally impacted by this, I need to approach that much differently. And also here's why maybe I need to soften my, you know, around the edges of this idea, because this is about people. It's not yeah. just abstract ideas anymore. I think that's actually like perfect uh, example of what we are trying to do here on a weekly basis in terms of like, I am not here to convince you mm-hmm. or vice versa. I'm not yeah. trying to win yeah. you over to my side. I'm here to try to articulate how I am viewing something and learn about your side or your, the way you're viewing it. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. don't, you know. Maybe there are some times when you get pulled over to the dark side or I get pulled over to the darker <laughs> to the light? side. To the light, yeah. Even darker side, <laughs> the darker side of the moon on things because that will happen naturally, but sure. like that's not the end game. Yeah, no. Anyway. Yep. All right. Okay. Should we go back to, should we go back to what the heck then? What the heck? <sighs> yep. You. What, what do you have? All the, <laughs> oh. You saw this one, obviously. So I have a lot of questions. Um, but this one is about Governor Christy Noem, which she's been on our show via yeah, us talking about her about multiple her. times. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, so this last week, she has pledged to send or is apparently going to send 50 South Dakota National Guard troops to the Texas border. Okay. And to, DeSantis did this. Help, yes. So to help secure the border. Um, Florida Governor, uh, is it Ray? No. DeSantis. Is it Ray DeSantis? No. no. Ron? Rick? Ron. Ron DeSantis. Okay. Thank you. Um, he did it a couple weeks ago, too, pledged that he's going to send some of their uh, their troops there to help secure the border because Greg Abbott, uh, the governor in Texas, is like, we need to secure the border and all this border stuff. So I have a lot of what the heck's with this. So many things. Obvi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, sorry to get you just, warm. You just took our level of class. Yeah, down. <laughs> like, we are less classy. No, we are super hip. Yeah, to yeah, the, yeah. To the cool kid jive. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, <laughs> so what makes it even... So, okay, first of all, 
this is not abnormal for um, governors to sort of lend loan and lend guardsmen and women in in like states of emergency. Um, there's a hurricane. You know, they do. This is not uncommon. Sure. But the like sort of grandstanding about this crisis at the border where it needs to be secured from the overwhelming forces of like, here's the thing. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. I got too many things. They can't do anything. So they're not legally allowed to like repel people crossing the border. Well, so I just wanted to clarify this because I don't know. I haven't heard about Christy, our friend Christy, um, and what she, and you know what she's doing. But DeSantis is actually sending Florida police officers. Oh, excuse me. So like that's a whole different. There's ball of wax. no jurisdiction. Right. Yeah. But same. But same for the guardsmen. Like they don't have jurisdiction to like if somebody was walking across the border. Yeah. Basically, they can do two things. They can try to like intimidate them by being there to not cross the border, or they can apprehend them and then turn them over to border control, like, which is what's going to happen anyway. <laughs> yeah. So you're not going to, there won't be any like protecting or stopping. Yeah. So it's totally just for show. Mm-hmm. And then the weirdest part is that apparently some rich GOP donor is paying for it. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting for a couple of reasons. One is that it seems to me like Christie's like, yeah, I'm not going to be able to get away with this unless I can tell people that we didn't spend any public money on it. But also, like, you can't send the guard to other places because some donor gave you money to. I'm I'm Here's, wondering about that's the my legality question. there. Legally, like, can you I, say like a n- private person is hiring our national guard troops right. to go do, do their bidding? Like, you can't. It no. seems like you shouldn't be able to do that. That shouldn't be legal. I, I would. So that's yeah. frustratingly, this is unfolding as we speak. Yeah. I have not seen. I was Google searching. I've been looking for like the legal, like the legality right. yeah. of it. Yep. And it's just a mess. And it just is what the heck. That's all what it is, is what the heck. Like a great big. Yeah. It's a great big. What the heck. Uh huh. So what the heck, Christy Noam? All right. It's a PR stunt. The whole thing is oh, a PR stunt. For sure. Which is also yes. just irritating. Super irritating. And because this is one of those whistles that people get fired up about. Like you, like, you know, we have to stop the flow of illegals yeah. coming to the country. And, oh, now you have my attention. You have my money. I will donate to that. Right. Like this is one of those rally cries that people get fired up about. So it's effective. And that's what the heck right there, too. Oh, good. That's, That's a good sound That's effect. That. <laughs> anyway, what do you got? Wow. Okay. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, well. Oh, mine well. is um, not any lighter. Um, so Bill Cosby mm, going to be was... released. <laughs> mm. <sighs> okay. Okay. Go ahead. So it's a big procedural like F up on the, I was, on the part I'm of glad the, that you brought that up because like uh, the only thing I was going to say is like, just so you remember, he's not being exonerated. No. He's being let out of jail on a, yep. like a procedural technicality. Yes. And I don't remember what it was. So this is a big fat mistake and awful. So the previous prosecutor on the case, and I, I just copy pasted this because I didn't want to get it wrong. They made an agreement with Cosby to get him to testify for a different case deposition yeah so he testified in a civil court deposition and said like we'll make an agreement with you we won't prosecute you in this court if you testify here okay 
then that testimony was like, oh, crap, this is nasty. We're going to prosecute you. <laughs> you already made an agreement with him that you would like. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. So turns out um, what he said under oath was awful. They decided they were going to prosecute him. The testimony did prove his guilt. Like he, you know, he stated these things under oath, whatever. But they made a mess with him, like making this deal. So then they can't like. You can't because you had him under this, like you're waiving your rights to your Fifth Amendment, you know, like. Mm -hmm. So I think that it sucks for a lot of reasons. There's a lot of like, oh, rich people get off. Like it has nothing to do with that. Maybe not nothing, but like 95 percent, whatever, you know, um, a little bit of it might be because of the celebrity, whatever. But also like as victims of sexual assault also are already struggling enough like to win any cases or to get any consequences for these people or whatever. I think that this just really sucks, (laughs) you know, like, Oh, well, even when we have him saying he did it, we can't, you know, get consequences because you effed up, you know, so so, are they going to, are they going to recharge him? Do we have any information about that? I haven't seen anything yet. Mm -mm. No, Um, I saw a horrible meme. Of course. So you ever watched (laughs) you, will you ever see like that pawn store show? Yeah. And he's there, and like, and it was like the the the, the world saying "Free Britney," and then the pawn guy is like, <laughs> "The best I can do is Bill Cosby." Yes, that was sent which to me. Mm-hmm. Only yep. was funny because it was so right, so bad. Um, uh huh. Which her thing got denied. That's a whole nother. We didn't even whole, talk about Britney. We really probably should do a Britney episode. I don't want to do a Britney oh, episode. No, okay. I mean, like, I have. <laughs> wait, we're, I'm not going to go to that rabbit hole. The 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 Bill Cosby victims deserve me not to do that. Yeah. Um, isn't it like 80? Is it like 80 some women have come forward? Yeah. It's, a- I mean, it's, it's a like lot. a lot. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just, yes. And, and the fact that like he's on record admitting yeah. he did this, you know, like, so there's no question of his guilt. Yeah. Like, you know, you did commit this crime. It it This is one of those case, one of those times where like, because it's hard. Sometimes when stuff like this happens, you go, well, okay, we have, we have these rules and procedures in place to protect mm-hmm. the innocent and, yeah. you know, like from being whatever, like it's really, there are things that we have put in place to make it more difficult for, you know, people to be wrongfully whatever. Sure. And like, sometimes that means that the bad people still get out and yeah. you kind of have to, you know, roll that in. Like that's the price we pay for trying to protect the innocent people. Sure. But it, this, these, sometimes they come along and you're just like, this one's really hard to yeah. take. Yep. Um, again, mm-hmm. because of all the things he said about, <laughs> like it's, it's not even like he's not anyway. Yeah. He admitted to it. Yep. It's gross. So what the uh, heck? Also, what I really heck? like Bill Cosby comedy. I, it's so like, I love so the Cosby comes with, like, show. Ca- cancel culture. We could do like a little yes. sidebar on cancel culture. Like, yes. does that mean all the work that he's done? Like we can't like even look at it anymore. Yep. I don't know. That Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jello. I hate Jello, but yes, I oh, get you. Mm-hmm. What the heck judicial system? What the heck? And yes. also the prosecutors what the heck there. Prosecutors. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. All right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Great. Not cool. Not cool. The rest of this is going to be horrible, though. Oh, because it's just all, we're doing some headlines. We're going today, all downhill. Right? So we're going to do some headlines um, about what has caught our attention the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, okay. Or why last week. Why don't you go first? Try to go first. Yep. 
Um, well, this kind of actually segues back into our little intro with the LGBTQ conversation we had last week. Yeah. Um, I saw this article in the Atlantic. Did you see that one at all? Maybe not. I did not. Oh. So anyway, I'm not going to get the, the the title of the uh, article in the Atlantic this last week was a gen- The Generational Clash at Pride is Actually a Sign of Progress. And it was very interesting to me. because, And the reason it was interesting to me is that after our conversations last week, not that the pride events around here were uh, like egregiously like in your face. Yeah. But historically pride events are often like really can be and in the the way they describe it in in this article so I can use these words uh, is raunchy. Okay. Okay. So like there's a lot of really in your face pride stuff when it sure. comes to pride month which I think for a lot of people is the been like sort of sometimes that's part of the turnoff is like it's a pride event that means not just drag queens, but we're going to see people. I mean, you can see this guy walking around and like, you can't really tell, but he's wearing a jock strap and that's oh, it. Oh, there's uh-huh. floats that are shaped like dildos. I mean, like, sure. It's really in your face, in your face. Yep. Um, and so this article just starts to pick apart that there is now, especially uh, this sort of weird thing happening, particularly with generation Z kids. Like they are statistically the most open to, LGBTQ stuff or like different ideas about sexuality, more of them um, than any other uh, generational group right now identify as LGBTQ or like not sure, you know. So like on one hand, they're like the most, for par- to paraphrase it, they're like the most gay generation. Okay. The most accepting. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. a better way yeah. to put it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm here I to help. I didn't mean it in a derogatory <laughs> manner. No, I just no, meant no. like, yeah. Anyway, um, but they are actually now starting to like they they're starting to push back a little bit, like looking for a more like toned down and reconciliatory. Pride. Oh, okay. Um, and I just thought, found that super fascinating. And so part of what he picks on, or not picks on, but like works through, is sort of something that happens. He makes the case in this article um, that it's a good thing because it's something that happens with almost all movements as you sort of go through phases. And so the best thing that he didn't use this, but the only thing I, thing I can think of is like, uh, you have the feminist movement, right? So like in the 60s and 70s, when that really like was was new, like and pushing on the fringes, you had women who are like, we're not gonna shave, <laughs> we're burning bras. Burning bras. Uh-huh. Right, I mean, like, and these are caricatures. Yeah. But those were realities. Sure. Whereas, you know, 30 years later, 40 years later, you still have women who consider themselves feminists, but like want nothing to do with that, like in your face, what, you know, kind of push because of the work that has been done up to that point. Okay. You know what I mean? So like now, now because LGBTQ, um, uh, is becoming more mainstream and more accepted new people who didn't experience like, so they're not these new kids. They don't know what Stonewall was all about. Sure. Um, yep. They don't, they don't have memories of people being arrested and in, in mm-hmm. gay bars just be literally because they yep. were gay. Yeah. Um, so they don't have those things to draw on. Mm-hmm. They only know from the last 20 years, right? which is a totally different world. Yeah. And anyway. Interesting. Yeah. I'm going to borrow that one. You're going to take that yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any? So anyway, I, the reason the reason it resonated with me is because I was actually thinking like, is there, I'm like, there has to be a market 
if there are gay people out there that are, um, there are all kinds of spectrums. Right, right, there right. There are gay mm-hmm. people who do drag or um, want to, you know, be really in your face, but they're also like gay people who are just like, I don't know, about, I almost said normal. But Ooh, I know, yeah. but like, you know, job, like they're catch. just, it, it, they're, they're not into necessarily that aspect of it. They just have an attraction to the same sex. Sure. And so like, you wouldn't necessarily know them. They don't want to wear like full rainbow clothing. Is right. that true? Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I'm like, there's gotta be like a certain amount of a market for people to say like, Hey, we would like to have a pride event that sort of just looks like, you know, like, ah, dang it. I always said normal. An again. Event. I said regular. Dang. Nope. Whatever. You know what I'm yeah. trying to say. So for example, one of the events this weekend was an 80s themed evening, mm-hmm. which I th- I would say that seems pretty. That seems that seems mainstream. Can we say mainstream? Yeah, more, that okay. seems like that seems like you you would reach more people. Sure, maybe or a wider audience. Yep, um, a more diverse audience also maybe. Sure, um, by by doing that and then selling your crazy beautiful like rainbow cupcakes, you know, <laughs> right. on the side. Um, then like the next night the event was a drag show. Right. Which also sold out instantly. Instantly. But wasn't going to attract maybe the as large of a crowd. Is that right. kind of Yep. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, so they go in that article they go into more details about, you know, like the where uh obviously like police and stuff like that were not they were sort of the enemy and yeah. then in the last 20 years all these pride events have really actually been sort of have been watered down by corporate you know sponsorship and then now Uh and then like police being like part of the pride parade and all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. and so there are there's actually some people who are like we need to push back and be more in your face um but anyway i just thought it was it was an interesting conversation to also just get your mind thinking about two things one is that uh lgbtq people come in all shapes and sizes and uniforms yeah yeah and they're not all in drag or wearing you know dildos on their person uh-huh. Um, and then also like just the interesting facet of how movements evolve as they make progress. Sure. Anyway. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I won't go down a rabbit hole. That's good. <laughs> I'm going to read the article. Right. Okay. Fine. Mm-hmm. Ooh, over there. I put it by on the floor. Sorry. All right. What okay. do you got? Um, so I figured we probably should talk about this, um, Disaster teams are coming from around the world to Miami to help with search efforts after the Surfside collapse. Yeah. So 150 people are still unaccounted for. And. Okay. okay if you've been you, living if, under. I was say, a, if you've been living under a rock. Which feels like the wrong, wrong analogy. Yeah. To, but in case you're unaware, a building, um, a, an apartment building collapsed in Miami. Like full residential. Yeah, like, a, I don't know, it was like 20 stories or something like that, yeah. 17 stories. Just fell down during yeah. the night. In um, the middle of the night. Yeah. In the middle of the night while people were sleeping. Yeah. Um, and apparently, as more stories are coming out about this, there was a study and a report put out in 2018 that mentioned all kinds of structural issues. Mm-hmm. Like, your cement is crumbling. This is, you know, this flooding or this crack in the pool is affecting the structure of the, whatever. Like, yeah. it was a major deal. Like, these were giant flags. Apparently, you know, people were kind of waving their hands and saying this needs to be dealt with kind Mm -hmm. of an urgent thing. Mm -hmm. Nothing has been done. Um, From what I've read, there have been some back and forth, like 
between the president of like the residents association and then the owners, like, because it's a giant amount of money that was needed to sure. fix it. Right? right. So there's been a lot of back and forth and like, you got to get this done. Nothing's been done. Um, so obviously the problems then just keep getting bigger over time. Right. Uh, and whatever led to the eventual collapse, it just like the whole thing buckled. My first thought was like, this is not something that you see happen sure. in the United States. Like, not often. I couldn't right like for for that large of a place to just come crumbling. I couldn't think of a an example easily. Sure, of that, of that happening. So it just felt kind of foreign to me. Like it, yeah. um, wasn't something that like you I would read have about this in a in another in another in country, country on another side of an ocean somewhere. Yeah, yeah, right. yep. Um, but also, and I, I mean, you know. I understand the um, the desire for less government intervention, but I'm just really curious. Like at some point, I feel like the government probably was aware of the report and the you know whatever. Like, should there not have been an intervention? Like, sure. Okay, now you need to vacate the place or fix it. Like, don't we have you know codes and <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. where the heck were you, government? Um, Anyway, I just, this sucks and it's tragic and whatever. I read a story um, in the Star Tribune about a survivor who like, she's spiritual and saying like she was awoken in the middle of the night. She doesn't know why or what woke her up, but Mm -hmm. just had this feeling like you need to get out. Happened to make it out as the thing was falling down. Um, And just the guilt that she's feeling overwhelmed with like, I didn't pull the neighbor out from over, you know, across the hall and whatever. Like, I can't imagine. The, just the tragedy that they're that they're facing and not being able to find people and at anyway it's horrible horrific whatever also feels like we definitely dropped the ball so I, anyway it's a what the heck also it is kind of a it is a what the heck um these these ones are always so hard because people died yeah right so like lots of people why, the, I mean, I think it was up to double digits today, but it's probably going to be close to 200 people, mm-hmm. something like that, mm-hmm. that are unaccounted for yeah. something. Um, and so it's tough because, like, you don't want to be – I'm going to – I'll do it anyway. <laughs> but Because you don't want to be glib or flippant yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. Um, but you're right. It doesn't happen very often in the United States, but also it does happen. Like, we build buildings that are – 20, 30, 40, 100 feet tall. Yeah. We build things and sometimes they fall down. Yeah. Um, I, it's very interesting to, to, so I haven't, I don't know all, I mean, obviously none of us know all the details, but what yeah. I've read about like the reports and stuff like you're talking about, um, you know, this is why I don't want to, I agree with you. Yes. It seems like something should have been done. Um, but yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, uh, you could make a case, and I don't want to make it too strongly for two reasons. One, because people died. Yeah. Um, and recently. Yeah. And two, because we don't know all the stories. Yep. Um, I'm necessarily particular about that, but we do have a lot of regulations in place, and we do have a lot of things like where they're having structural engineers routinely um, make assessments of buildings or bridges or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But it's like if if when you buy a home and you have a home inspector come, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they write you a report. Yeah. And the house is 125 years old. And the report is 47 pages long. 
<laughs> yeah. About all the things yeah, yeah. that if you read it, it eminently will fall over. Sure. It hasn't fallen over for 125 years. Yeah. It probably isn't going to fall over in the next 100 years, but like that's what they do. Yeah. And I'm not saying cuz I don't know, so I want to make sure like Seems like this was a little more eminent, but yes, I understand. Well, what you're it saying. was more eminent, yes. but like in terms of so even if you look at the the whatever, the United the US structural engineers there's a group. Yeah. They're the guys that do the the gals. Uh they're the people mm-hmm. that uh, do the assessments of like infrastructure yeah. and they come out and they're like, and, and like, if you read their reports for the last 40 Stay years, off the bridges. you would never have crossed a bridge <laughs> yeah. in the last 40 yeah. years. Yep. Um, but then in the United, in Minnesota, we have we had the a bridge, I-35 bridge yep. that collapsed mm-hmm. again like that. And people died. Mm-hmm. They figured out what they did wrong, which yeah. is essentially they calculated wrong. But mm-hmm. like it wasn't that there wasn't anything happening there. But yeah. sometimes bridges fall into the river. Yeah. And so I just don't like it because it's easier on the front end when a tragedy strikes for people to yell like we should have been doing more. This should have been like it's because that's acceptable. And it's yeah. harder to be the person that's like, OK, let's just. This happens. No, not because so you don't want to just say this no. happened, but also like there's, you know, tragic things happen all the time. And that's often why we get more regulations, not because the thing happens often, but because it was tragic. Mm. If that makes any sense at all. Yeah. And I, I don't want to downplay the tragedy. I just want to sort of like. The, I think the the number of casualties coming from this is probably going to lead I mean, obviously, lawsuits are going to be rolling oh, in. Oh, yeah. Um, but also, hopefully, I don't have a lot of faith in DeSantis himself. <laughs> sure. Um, but hopefully, there will be a review of what is our process here. You know, like, and just just, just, just like to- with the bridge, just like with the bridge thing, like, wait, what did we miss? Like you said, like, oh, okay, we miscalculated yeah. this. So going forward, we do this, you know, we review what, you know what I mean? Like, yep. it, it gives you another step to check as you're going forward and doing the same thing. So hopefully yeah. we can say, okay, we have these processes in place. Clearly this was the ball was dropped here. Mm. We need to hold, we need to hold people accountable, especially because it's like landlords versus tenants. Often there's a friction. Often there's a friction and often there's a power yeah. difference. Right. Yeah. And so there has to be something where like, yeah. There has to be some accountability for if you are told that this is an imminent risk, you know, here's your timeline to fix it before you're SOL. I don't know. Yeah. Something. That's, uh, and now I have two more thoughts. Okay. <laughs> Number one, like the thing to be careful about, and this is a uh, wild oversimplification, but let's say we people the government steps in and is like you know what in order this is too dangerous in order to protect people we can only have one story buildings uh we are going to have urban sprawl like you've never like that's that actually is how these things end up playing out is there we're like oh nope that was too dangerous we no longer can have that thing and so then we replace it with something else that it actually might be safer but is more destructive if that makes any sense anyway <laughs> secondly uh in this case i'm not again i'm not a, a I can only speak to like Minnesota, but if it's not an infrastructure thing or something like that, most likely it's a municipal issue. So like sure, the city of Miami, have, we have state mm-hmm. p- 
plumbing codes. We have state electrical codes. Yeah, we even have sure. state building codes. But mm-hmm. it's the municipality that's in charge of making sure that you're following the building codes. In Minnesota, there is a state electrical inspector and there's sure. a state plumbing inspector. Yep. But there is not a state structural inspector, depending on what kind of project you're doing. So I don't know about big, tall buildings. Sure. I only have sort of mild commercial and then residential. Yeah. But like, so that's another thing too. Like, yeah. Don't expect the state to be able to fix it because that's not really their sure. thing. Sure, yeah. Um, and also, I think that, okay, so I totally agree with you, like, bigger government should be at the bottom. <laughs> but, but this is, like, we talked about this when we talked about elections, too. Like, we need to have some baseline of here's the minimum standards for your municipality to be running <laughs> your building inspection. Like, there has to be some, so, so that you're not going like, okay, well in Fergus, you can get away with this, but if you go next door to Battle Lake, mm-mm, can't do it. You know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, but I don't like that at all. So you're like 10 times safer if you live in this town than if you live in this town. I just feel like maybe I don't think you're 10 times safer. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying like yeah. issues like that where there should be a baseline of like, you can't go below this and still call it safe for residents. Right? Like, sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. I do I, know what you're saying, but the but uh, my well, not but sorry, I do know. I do know what you're saying. <laughs> I, that makes to say it out loud, it makes total sense. Mm-hmm. But if but if uh, you do things like I like put, it, if you have a let's just say you had a federal baseline of your building standards, that will then now become the standard. If you if the federal government steps up and says this is the bare minimum, yeah, that is what everything will be built to. Okay. Because now, so let's make that now, bare minimum damn now, good. Well, now you made it more <laughs> expensive. So like, but like building things in Minnesota is different than building it in Arizona, which is different yes. than building it in Florida. So states, states could say, "Here's the bare minimum." Would which that be they a better? Do, but would that still, be a, the the people who are the then you have to enforce it sure. from city to city. Is that yeah, yeah. Right. and state to state? So just yeah, keep the federal government out of it. Plus the building. I code, don't care. I don't care which government, thing. but like it, it you should be safe. Just as safe living in Miami as you are in, you know, yeah, wherever. Plus our our building code is ridiculous, so it's crazy. E, yeah, mm-hmm. you're doing your job right. You're doing a oh, model, and we don't. Oh, well, we won't go down that. Oh dear. But like building codes, we'll just I'll say this one thing, and then we'll be done. Okay. But building codes are a great example of um, what happens when you don't rein in government regulation, because all we do is keep adding new ones. We never get rid of the old ones. So like to build a house today is multiple times more complicated than it was 20 years ago or 30 years ago and 50 years ago, 50 years ago. And they are not necessarily that exponentially safer or better, but we just keep adding things. I think that would be, that would be my question. Like as we learn things about how to make residences more safe, we should be changing regulations you know, like we should yeah, be updating, right. updating with as we're learning as new, new technologies, sure. new whatever, but then like get rid of the, you have to have a place for chickens or what? Like, right. like get rid of the outdated, outdated. So okay. I like the chickens. Yeah. That's nice. I mean, whatever. It just was what came to mind. Anyway. All okay. right. We better keep it. Okay. What do you have? Oh, I had I real quick. To, what do you got? Be real quick. One so, more. um, the other one is just another one that touching on, which was a uh, article in the Washington post. And it's been in a bunch of other things, too. It's been in a lot in the Star Tribune, which I thought was interesting because the Washington Post, Minneapolis gets multiple mentions. 
um, essentially is just talking about like the difficulty that Democrats are having this year trying to sort of backpedal on the defund the police thing. And you have, and they use Minneapolis as an example, because like last year, the whole city council was like, we're going to abolish the police department. And everybody was like, defund this, defund that. And now they're going like, uh, maybe not. <laughs> and I don't want, uh, I, I tend to be, I like to make jokes about everything. So I'm trying yeah. not to be glib because this is a big, serious problem. Yeah, but it is. I'm glad to see some introspection on the part of the Democrats, mostly, um, about the whole defund the police thing and not just about, because like some of this article, they talk about rhetoric, right? Like we, you know, some of the people are like, we just have to stop with the slogans. Um, we need to explain what we mean. Yeah. But also like, it's it's way harder because you can't, it's way harder to fix these things because you can't stop. It's like the whole building the plane while you're flying it, mm -hmm. but you're trying to build a new, you're flying in a plane and you're like, actually we want a helicopter. Yeah. But you can't land. Like you can't just stop policing. Right. Um, and all those difficulties navigating that. And there has been. So anyway, I was also happy to see Democrats also sort of wrestling with, well, how do we how do we deal with this now? Because in the last 12, 18 months, there has been on local levels and nationwide levels an increase in crime. Specifically, homicide is like up almost everywhere. Gun violence. Uh that's BS, but that's fine. Sorry. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, it is guns. You want to call it? No, that's not BS. Gun violence is a, but I mean, that's some Democrats will push yep. and say like, it's not that it's not us defunding the police. It's, it's because there's too many guns. Well, there's not yeah, more, there's not that many more. If, sorry. right, 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 right. Mm. Year, year over year. So I think, I think this is super interesting and I want to look at more of the data um, because first, Crime in 2021, mm -hmm. at least from what I've been reading about Minnesota, specifically Twin Cities, yep. gun deaths, right, are yep. up. And I'm not going to talk about guns. Like, that's not even what I'm talking about. But if you look at the environmental factors, last summer, it was easier for us to say, let's rethink how we do policing because we were still kind of locked, locked down. down. Yeah, totally. And this year, as everything has reopened people are kind of going bananas i mean like the new freedom right like you feel like you've been I, people are some people are acting like we were imprisoned and like you're out and you don't know how to behave anymore i'm just saying some people there's a little crazy going on um and <laughs> it's it's interesting to watch people but whatever so I just wonder, like, what social environmental factors are also at play as we're looking at 2021, sure. like year over year difference. I think that's part of it. I also think that the part about building the plane while you're flying is a great example because I don't want this walked back completely. Like the way that we do policing. Absolutely. Has problems like there are problems here and we need to rethink it. How do we continue public safety while rethinking. I yeah. think that that's a bigger conversation. So yeah, reframe it, whatever, but don't walk it back completely because it is necessary. Yeah. I think, um, <laughs> first I would like to respond to the, <laughs> to the people are crazy. I, no, no. Well, I mean, I, so I agree with the premise that like, it's hard to compare 2020 to 2021. 
Um, and and that goes for everything. You want to do yeah. economics, you want to do like school performance, whatever. Pick anything. There's basically going to be like a three year um, yeah. batch of batshit. Throw crazy, out all the numbers uh, from that. Data. You can't use right. it. Yeah. And I apologize mm-hmm. for the language. Yeah. Language. Um, so I agree with the premise I, yeah. that there are more factors and it's really hard. I disagree with like people who are running around um, shooting other people are not doing it because those people were not concerned. I have a hard time oh, wrapping oh, oh, my yeah, head yeah. around like yeah. they were in lockdown and like the government was telling them to stay home and wear a mask. And so they they did. And then as soon as the mask <laughs> mandate came off, they were like, sweet, pew, pew. like that's, that's not, not funny. It's not funny. <laughs> But yes. Like, okay. So like. Yes. But um, I do think there is some. So I do agree with you on the like other fa- like environmental factors. Yes. Um. However, one thing that they mentioned here, which I think needs to be said, especially if anybody agrees or disagrees with the defund the policing, yeah, is that there have been some changes implemented in a lot of different places yes. in the last twelve months, but not very many. Yeah. And so there has not been a huge defunding of the police. So we haven't seen this uptick because because defunding oh, was successful. That That's the big thing. See, like, look what happens when you defund the police. People are killing people more. Like, that hasn't happened. Well, yeah, but then, you can't but, argue that. You guys do the same thing because you just did it at the beginning. You're like, oh, it's because we have more guns. All the people are okay. dying. I was being I was being glib because I like to poke you about guns, but also there's too many guns. Want me to find my highlighted part where <laughs> right here. Liberals and activists this is quoting. Uh, liberals and activists respond that the jump in violent crime is caused not by holding police accountable, but by the widespread availability of guns. So we I didn't don't... get an extra so if if homicides are up fifty percent or forty three percent, excuse me. Okay, if they're bananas, up yeah. Forty three percent. There are not forty three percent more guns than no. there were twelve months ago. No. So anyway, that's no. it. We don't need to. We're not going to argue about that. No. I, and and to be clear, I was not saying that this increase is because there are more guns. I'm just saying, like I, separately, I, access to guns. I'm glad that you clarified that. I because have a beef. I definitely received it that way. Oh, okay. So now See, we know. There we go. Mm-hmm. No yep. one's half the battle. I got that for now. Oh, I yeah. want to now. I want to walk back the part about like people have been locked up and now they're coming out that's crazy. <laughs> It was funny, but yes. it's not anyway. But the other, um, ah, what was I going to say about this? Okay, about okay. So it's not you can't say it's because we defunded the police because we didn't. We didn't. Yeah. However, like particularly in Minneapolis, um, the um, there has been, and I I know that some people don't want to hear it this way, but there has definitely been a problem with morale and staffing like there are less police mm. officers we didn't defund the minneapolis police but sure. there are less police officers now than there were a year ago because they're quitting less people are anxious they're to retiring go yeah they're having trouble replacing them yep and overall because of the pushback which again we've said on this podcast multiple times many times like there is there is reason for the pushback yeah police officers are not as involved or necessarily let's say projecting into areas so they're kind of holding back and so you can blame that on the police officers you can blame that on protesters that burn down parts of minneapolis you can do whatever so there it's just very it what i find very interesting is that because you mentioned it essentially is that it's just very complicated and this was my so favorite, many yeah this is my favorite quote from the thing and then i'll be done um, this is from uh, Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott, who's a Democrat. He said, slogans like defund the police 
oversimplify a highly complex topic. Quote, anyone who gets caught up in hashtags, defund, refund, tough on crime, soft on crime, any of those talking points doesn't have the mental capability to talk about this issue with the Ooh. depth that it de- deserves. Okay, so... Mm, I love that. So He probably shouldn't have said the doesn't have the mental capability. Like, you're not smart enough to talk about this. No, but, but I think what he's talking yes. about is that you are not currently... If you are using these terms yes. on the right or the left, yep. you are not doing the mental work that it takes to actually to actually work through this issue. Yes. And we talked about that way back. Way back. When and this started, gonna, like, gonna, stop gonna, saying defund sorry, the police. That's not what it... To, we're going to talk about this for, like, 20 years. Oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, so that's yeah. what I got. I So I hope that they... Cause, because I, I believe that the Democrats are right that we need to change the way we do policing mm-hmm. and that the Republicans are wrong that we can fix everything with more police. Yeah. But if they, if Democrats don't figure out how to articulate that yeah, and enact actual reforms, yep. they're going to get clobbered with this in yeah. 18 months. Um, so it goes back to that, months, that James Carville piece that. about like, we have a, a language problem. Like mm-hmm. we, we have a messaging problem. Um, so true. Anyway. Yes. I, I love, um, so Zimbardo and that famous prison study, you know, and we've maybe talked about it before, but where like he then went to testify when, um, the events of Abu Ghraib happened and like oh. these pictures were, you know, brought out of soldiers doing horrific things to detainees and whatever. And they were trying to say like, it's just a few bad apples yeah. and no, it's the barrel. Like the barrel is bad. <sighs> and I think that is what we need to come to an understanding about is not that we're saying there should be no police all police officers are terrible, whatever. It's that we've created a system that is setting them up. Right. For like, so let's fix that. And then we have more support and better, you know, trained officers, whatever. I, the system is what's broken. Um, did you watch the report? Which report are you talking about? It's called, the movie's called the report. Oh, um, it has, uh, <laughs> no. it has the mad guy from the, the star Wars movies. Who's always mad all the time. Kylo Ren. Okay. Why can't I think of his name right now? Um, it talks about the congressional report that was put together about the the CIA, yes. basically the CIA torture program. Yes. It will make you sick. Yes. And make you uh-huh. angry. And make you angry. Yeah. When you said the bad apples thing, because yes, like, they're definitely even in this in this report, this movie about. Um, making of this report. Yeah. Um, it's definitely not everybody. And there no. were people who pushed back, yeah. but it definitely wasn't like a few rogue agents and no. it, it permeates from the top down. It does. Yeah. And we've, we just need so, to, wow. Sidebar. Always. We need to look at the system that we've created. That's, you know, not setting them up for success either. I mean, like we talked about that when we talked about the defending the police issue, like a lot of this should be mental health workers or social workers. Like we're not setting up, police officers up for success if we're sending you to a mental health crisis without training in mental health crisis you know like so anyway yeah wow uh, all right okay well there oh, you go i'm just oh. gonna share one more quick headline <laughs> okay i okay. mean okay. Okay. you know yep um the biden administration has come out and endorsed a bipartisan piece of legislation can we just have a moment of reflection that there is a bipartisan piece of legislation i thought anyway, you were gonna say moment of silence because to totally like celebrate fall apart. no come on <laughs> 
Um, it's called the Equal Act. Well, it's that's what it stands for, whatever, um, which basically sets out to eliminate the sentencing disparity for offenses in crack versus powder cocaine. Oh, this is a different bipartisan thing. I thought you were talking about the infrastructure bill. No, okay, no. Sorry. Uh-uh, nope. <laughs> um, so Biden was a part of this, like, passing these... These totally bad backwards laws ago. decades yep. ago during that awful war on drugs initiative. Um, whatever. I People can evolve and learn and do better. That's great. I just, I'm hopeful for this because it is definitely creating disparate outcomes for people of color versus white people. Yep. And that's what it was intended to do. Um, so I'm hopeful. This was in the Senate. There's a Republican signing on with Cory Booker, you know, like- yep. So that gives me hope that it could actually pass. Anyway, I think right. it's great. All right. That's almost a nice. You almost made that a nice. I mean, you know, it's happy. Yay, bipartisanshipness. <laughs> we can do it. We can. We can. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's wrap it up, huh? Okay. You want to go or me? Um, I will go. All right. Okay. What do you got? So officials in um, Seattle and San Francisco are proclaiming they have reached herd immunity. So... They is that, I like that you called it proclaiming. They are uh, like it was a they, big deal. Did they, they announced it? it? Yeah. Okay. Well, you said so, when you say they're proclaiming, I mean, like they're people like, accept, yeah. Let's scream this from the mountaintops. It's pretty from great. Both cities now have seventy percent of residents twelve and older fully vaccinated. Mm. Um, nearly eighty percent have had at least one shot. Eighty percent have had one shot. That's yeah. great. And seventy percent have had both. Yeah. Um. So that's huge. And they were talking about like they did. Very aggressive education campaigns, mass vaccination clinics, but they said it's called hub and spoke model. Oh, yeah. Which I was yep. like, okay. That sounds um, cool. But like you have the hub, the mass vaccination clinics, but then you have the spokes. You have to go into the neighborhoods yep. and, you know, um, especially those that would be less likely to show up for your mass vaccination clinics. So they did that and they went into all these targeted neighborhoods, brought vaccines with them and they did it. That's so awesome. today I heard, I saw Waltz oh, no. like say... Um, Minnesota has reached the 70% mark. I was just looking for that. Adults only. Like, that's not... I know. You know, 12 and older. But whatever. We're getting there. That's Slowly. maybe as far as we'll get. But well, that's I just thought this was exciting. That like, hey, it could be done. Yeah. And so, clearly the numbers don't lie. Right. I mean, it, in terms of, like, collapsing COVID cases... Interestingly, somebody pointed out to me that the the infection rate, how did they put it? Basically, like the infection rate in Minnesota is actually way high right now, but it's only focused in um, the non-vaccinated group. I mean, like, have you read that yeah. stuff where like un- yeah. unvaccinated people account for over 90% of all new COVID cases that yeah. are found? There's a there's areas in the south where their hospitals are getting overwhelmed again because their vaccination well, rates a, are uh, so low. It's not a happy thing. No, like, but super like, duper low. And so once again, like hospitals are filling because the you know variants are there and they didn't get vaccinated. Can I do like a happy? Can I do a nice, dumb? It'll be quick. Yeah. Uh, Minnesota <laughs> legislature passed a. Uh, Passed all their um, funding bills yesterday, and they were signed by by Walls like with ten seconds to spare before we had a wow. shutdown today because today is the first when we were recording. Yep. So that's awesome. But dudes and dudettes, dudes and dudettes, stop. Yeah, get your homework done on time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On time. Late work I, is not acceptable. I'm a big <laughs> proponent of having one of those because people throw these kind of dumb things up, but sometimes they're like, "That sounds like a good idea." There should be. No, like 
you get no pay. You get all your legislative pay at the end of the session. Yeah, when, when your work is done. When it's done. Uh-huh. Do the and work. And then if you go over time, you get a deduction. Just like if you turned in your paper late. You'd get a deduction. Oh, sorry. Yeah. You can only earn a B. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh, oh, it's two weeks late? C. Mm. Mm-hmm. You run yes. it all the way up to the clock in July? F. You failed. That's not you doing your job. That's my Minnesota nice. <laughs> No, no, no. Mine, I got one more. That, um, my real one was about this guy. Did you see this in the trip? I didn't. Oh, man. I know. All right. Well, this was in the trip the other day. Um, the The title was Maverick Priest Tackles Violence. Wow. And it was this article about this guy. He's a 91, Reverend Harry Burry, 91-year-old Catholic priest. Wow. He has been like all over the world protesting so he's like a non-violence guy and sure. he's like protesting violence so he has been let's see here um he was a human shield in con- like conflicts between israelis and palestinians he's worked with mother Teresa. he protested against the vietnam war he went over wow. to vietnam and like chained himself to the like embassy the u.s embassy over there to protest i think the guy's been wow. everywhere and now um most recently he's been working with um will wallace Who's a he's basically a youth pastor? This this youth pastor who's working in Minneapolis, and they're working together to connect, um, like basically old white priests with like Minneapolis people of color, and like working with George Floyd stuff, and like trying to like make all these connections. Wow. It's amazing. And the guy basically is like, "Well, this is what I was preaching, so I thought I should live it." And it's adorable too because he's this little old white guy, and he's working with Will Wallace's who's a stereotypical yeah. big black dude and they're just hanging out. It's great. I love that so much. The line of like, this is what I was preaching. So I better go live it. Yeah. Yes. That's right there. Quote, Imagine if we just all were about that. This peace activism was my philosophy of life. And this is the life I lived. It's like great. So That's way amazing. to go, Mr. Uh, Burry. And thanks for being like an That's example amazing. to all of us. Uh-huh. And there are great things. There are great people doing great things there all the time. Are. Love it. Anyway, that's, that's nice. nice. Well, there you have it. Another episode of Flyover Logic. This is Mike and Tammy saying that even if you don't have time to land here, we're glad you found time to listen. <laughs>